0: Given to us, so turn to one Corinthians chapter twelve. Now there are three different streams of gifts in Scripture. You can find a stream of gifts in Romans twelve. We're not talking about those today. Those are the called the basic or motivational gifts, if you like. They are who we are. It's our character. It's our personalities. It's, it's what's inside us, those gifts to, to help and to encourage, um, gifts of administration, gifts of encouragement, All the, and they're all listed there in Romans 12. These are gifts from the Father, and then there are gifts from Christ, ministry gifts in Ephesians 4. We know about those, prophets, evangelists, apostles, pastors, teachers, those are gifts from Christ to the church, and they're given to individual, certain people, to build up the body of Christ. And then there are other gifts in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 1 to 11, and these are gifts of the Holy Spirit. And these are really powerful gifts through the Holy Spirit to us. Now, I just felt even since this morning that this phrase keeps coming to me, and I, and I shared it this morning. And it wasn't part of my preach this morning. It was just something that I just felt God is saying, we need to start fanning this flame. Because that flame that's inside us can easily dampen down. And we need to fan the flame. You know, when you breathe on a flame or blow into a, a flame, it the oxygen of our breath increases the flame. And... The breath of God is the Holy Spirit. It's that ruach, it's that, it's that breath. The oxygen of God needs to fan into flame something bigger inside us. Don't allow the flame of the Holy Spirit to dampen down. It's got to be increased. It's got to be increased. So I'm not going to be able to go through the whole nine gifts that are mentioned here in 1 Corinthians 12. I'm, I might go on and finish them off next week. Probably will have to if I don't do them all this week. But there are nine gifts. These are gifts that you can't just earn these gifts. These are not gifts that you become. They're not part of your personality. They are supernatural gifts from the Holy Spirit. They're not from us. We are just the vessels that are being used for these gifts. A lot of people might say, well, yes, I have, the, um, I have the gift of healing. I have the gift of that. Well, actually, you don't have that gift. You could be used in that gift. Because if you read through 1 Corinthians 12, 1 to 11, it says that these gifts are disposed as the Spirit wills, as determined by the Holy Spirit. So if... If at the time you say, well, yes, I'm, uh, I have the gift of healing, and all of a sudden, the church needs the gift of prophecy, you can well, I can't do that because I have the gift of healing. It's ridiculous. If the gift of prophecy is needed, then the Spirit will determine the gift of prophecy. It's as He wills, not as we will. 1 Corinthians 14 says, and verse 3 says, Everyone who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening, for their encouragement, and for their comfort. These are the main reasons for all the gifts. It's to edify, is to exhort, and is to comfort, is to build up, is to stir up, and it's to cheer up. These three things in strengthening, encouragement, and comfort for the church. And it's the same test all of them. Verse 4 to 6 in 1 Corinthians 12, it says that there are different services and different workings of these gifts, but all the same Lord. They're all from the same source, but they are distributed in different ways to various people. We are all unique, and God will use our personalities. So, one will bring a a prophetic word or or something in one way, and then perhaps someone will bring it in another way. There have been some different techniques of healing down the years as well. If you ever went to one of Smith Wigglesworth's um, meetings, you would have been prayed for and very possibly you would have been healed with him, but he would have done it in, in a strange way. There's reports of him thumping people. He says, I know actually thumping the person I'm thumping the sickness, the illness, the whatever it is. Okay, Smith. Okay, but that was unique to him. God uses different personalities. Someone might come out and say, "Thus saith the Lord." Another person might say, "I think the Lord is saying this." Does it make a difference? No, because God will use the same Lord, the same Spirit, but different people, different personalities. Some are loud, some are quiet. But it's the, for the common good of all, verse 7 says. It's to profit all, for the common good of all. Jesus was a bit different, wasn't he? I just got, I made a here, and I just noticed it now. He spat on the ground at one point and made mud pies. Well, that's not conventional, is it? The spit ministry. Good job we haven't taken that one up, <laughs> isn't it? You know? And he put the mud pies on people, on his eye. A little bit different. There are three groups of these spiritual gifts. They are grouped into three groups. There's the utterance gifts. They say something. Tongues, the interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. Then you've got the revelation gifts. They reveal something. Wisdom, knowledge, discernment of spirits. Then you've got the power gifts. They do something. Faith, healing, and miracles. Now, I'm not going to be able to get through all these. I'm just going to go through perhaps just the first three. But you cannot operate any of these gifts without the Holy Spirit. The anointing and filling of the Holy Spirit has to be present with these gifts. 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 21 says, Now it is God who... Who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ? He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his Spirit in our hearts as a depo- deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. So, inside every single one of us is the Holy Spirit. You need that Holy Spirit. You can't operate anything like this. Remember that one who tried to buy these gifts. Following after, I think, was it Paul? I want to be able to buy that. No, you can't buy that. You can't buy that. You can't earn that. You can't acquire that. It's through the Holy Spirit as he wills. Without him. It's like going naked into public and saying, right, you're going out without the Holy Spirit. You can't move in anything like this spiritual without the Holy Spirit clothed in him. When the anointing stops, if you're given a prophetic word or whatever, you stop. You don't carry on and think, well, I think I might add this, you know. Yeah, I got a, a, pro- a prophetic word from the Lord and I want to deliver it. Fantastic. But when it comes to an end, you stop. Don't say, well, I know this actually about certain person who's sitting in you. I might add it in. No, we don't do that. That's carrying on in the flesh, outside of the anointing. You cannot operate these gifts without faith. We require faith. Faith is important. We walk by faith. It's our life. We live by faith. We operate in faith. You cannot operate these gifts without faith. Faith is the bedrock. You cannot operate these gifts without love. All of these gifts are are through love. 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 1, famous chapter all about love. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels and I don't have love, I'm just a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Everything through love. So when anyone brings a a prophetic word or a a tongues and interpretation that we're talking about here or words of, of wisdom, it's through love through love. So, let's have a little look at the utterance gifts, see how far we get with them. These are gifts that actually say something, and the Holy Spirit comes upon you as He wills to bring an utterance, prophetic utterance. So, the gift of prophecy. We've heard a bit of that this morning. And, and Claire come and see me. She said, I, I believe I've got something prophetic to say. Fantastic. Share it. And the way Claire shared it may be different to the way you shared it. In fact, if, you, if you're waiting on God for something this morning, it may be quite, and this happens, you had the same sort of thing. This has happened before. Oh, I had a similar sort of thing. God just wants to, to say that, you know. But you can't decide. I, I'm sure Claire didn't get up this morning and go, oh, I think I'm going to prophesy today. I've got a prophetic word, and I'm just going to give it. it. Unless the Spirit wills, you can't just decide. Otherwise, it's, it's your will, not the Spirit's will. You have to have the anointing and the prompting for it. Oh, you might well get up in the morning, and the anointing of the Holy Spirit says, you're going to prophesy today, but that's not your will, that's His will. You'll have something burning inside you. You may even see a picture of something. You may have a, an image of something, and you just want to say, what's this, Lord? And he will just open that up for you to be able to share. You may have a few words. I, I very often, if you come in with a prophetic word, you won't have the whole lot. You may just have a sentence or two. And when you start to prophesy, then it, the rest will flow. And we'll talk about flow in just a moment. Not you, Flo. But <laughs> the thing is, is making yourself available as well. It's again, it's how hungry are you? Some people may say, well, I, I don't want to be using those gifts. Well, fair enough. And if you don't want to be using the gifts, you probably won't be using the gifts. Ask God to use you. You know, very often when we are praying for people at the front or in a situation Whatever, I've been praying for people, and perhaps others can testify the same. You begin to pray stuff, and you think, oh, my, where, where is this coming from? It's almost, your prayer turns into like a prophetic prayer, and you have a prophetic word, or, or a word of, 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 of wisdom, or something. And I, I've done that before, and I thought, where on earth is this coming from? And that person says, wow, did you know about that? I'm, no. It's the Holy Spirit, as He wills. You see, when we are talking about spiritual matters, they are outside of our natural thinking. And when we, and what we are talking about now is supernatural. It's not natural. It's spiritual. And we are spiritual beings. If you have Christ in you, you're a spiritual being. Your spirit has been born again. It's alive. And your spirit is in touch with the Holy Spirit. Mingled together. And the Holy Spirit is is ministering to your spirit. And they mingle together. And I've said it before, your spirit knows stuff that will blow your mind. So sometimes we must listen to our spirit. And nothing, oh, this is this is weird, isn't it? This is a bit, woo, you know, out there. Yeah, it is. Because it's not natural. It's super natural. See, people will feel better after a prophetic word. There will be a, a challenge, yeah? Might make people feel repentant or humbled. But it's all through love. It's all good. And the best way, I think, you know, if you, you want to use the, uh, the prophetic gift, then start small. Maybe in a in your link group, if you're in a link group. Or in a prayer meeting, or in a small group, or if you just want to share with someone. I know people have come up to me on a Sunday and said, Look, I I just believe God is saying this. I'll say, Do you want to share that? They'll go, No. I said, Shall I share it on your behalf? Yeah, yeah. But don't just dismiss the promptings of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will never make you feel doom and dread. Galatians 5 and verse 19, we talk about the fruits of the Holy Spirit, and, and we can list them off, so we can just re- recite them, and all the, the oh, oh that's Lawrence, he's just pressed his um, Galatians 5, and it's, what is it saying? He's reciting it, is it? Gifts of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, yeah, all the rest of them. We should have put a microphone to it. <laughs> that's good, It's good. At least it's the Bible. <laughs> at least it's, it's as he wills, at least it's the Bible. But if you, if you look at the opposites to what the Holy Spirit, the fruits of the, of the Spirit in us is, they are awful. And listed among them is witchcraft. And we think, oh, witchcraft is the worst. It's the opposite to the Spirit. So, we've got to be careful when we, are, when we are working outside of the Spirit of God, because there is another Spirit. Prophecy is a supernatural utterance in a known tongue. You will understand it, in other words. So if you're living in France, it will be in French. If you're in China, it will be in Chinese. It's an utterance that the church, the body of Christ, can understand. Now, John 7 and verse 38, Jesus said, and here's the, Streams of living water will flow, bubble out of you. This is what prophecy means. It will bubble out of you, like a like a stream of, of living, bubbling water, and it usually starts within your core. And you just feel something, and you know, whoa, this is this is this is something, you know, God wants to say something, and it will bubble out. It will come out of you. This is what bubbling out means. Prophetic comes out of you. Now it is very conditional. A lot depends on you. And I don't know how many uh, people have had a prophetic word over their life. And I know I have in the past. And But with prophetic words over you, you have to, you have to do something about them. You can't just sit there and wait for it to happen. It's conditional. You have to do something about it. Um, let me tell you about a prophetic word I had over me. Now, the guy that... Did this, I met him the other day, and the prophetic word that he had over me was for me massive. For him, it was nothing. He just obeyed God and used it. He can't even remember me. I shook his hand and said, Hi, how are you? And he went, All right, didn't even recognize me. Because it was big for me, for him, he was just obeying God. I'll tell you about it now. Hang on, I'm on the swig. It was Pastor Julian Richards, I don't know if you know him, from Swansea. I was in a service um, I was happened to be sitting on the front row and he was preaching and I don't know if you've ever seen him or been to anything when he's preaching he, he's he'll talk and then he'll stop and he'll, and he'll, he'll come and touch you listen he got listen this is what God is saying and he he'll give you a prophetic word right in the middle of his sermon and of course I was sat right at the front and every now and again he'd walk past and look at me and then he'd carry on preaching, and then he'd come up to me. Now, this is the time when I was still working as well as pastoring, right? And I was, I was in the spot where people were saying to me, oh, you need to give that job up. And I, I, you probably remember pre-fire, I used to say all the time, I'll know when it's time. God will tell me. I'll know. And I, was, and I kept saying to Karen, I'm not going to wait for someone else to tell me. God's going to tell me. And anyway, I was in this service. And the pastor was speaking. And this one time he walked past and he just stopped. And he said, God is saying to you. And he was pointing right at me. I was going, what? He said, God is saying to you, get out of the pot. He said, you're okay. You're making flowers and, and everything is growing. He said, but you need to get out of the pot. He said, because when you get out of the pot, you will flourish. And things will grow stronger. And then he carried on. And I went, oh, and I was thinking, the pot is my job. The pot is that i got to get out of it. As if God was saying to me, confirming in me, get out. And that's when I decided to get out of my other job and to go full-time into the ministry. That was a big thing for me, to leave behind a secure wage and, and come into pastoring full-time. Um, but God confirmed in me that's what He wanted. Now, in you, it will be Confirmed. But you need to step into it. I had to step into it. It's conditional. It'll, it's conditional on sometimes what you have to do. Now, if, if I was to prophesy over you today, or God is saying to you, you need to go to China, and that's the first time you've ever heard of it, don't do it, all right? Because, but if I was to prophesy over you, God's saying you need to go to China and be a missionary, whatever. And all this week and last week, and whatever you're reading, is something about China. It's China. It's in your heart, China. Someone talked to you yesterday about China. You've seen something on the TV. It's about China. You're reading this book, and it's about China. And all of a sudden, someone comes and prophesies you're going to China. And you go, whoa, God, no, yeah, okay. You know? But it will be confirmation of what God is already telling you. This is why we don't just act on every prophetic word. Because the prophetic word must be backed up by the written word as well and tested. We're not just guided by prophecy. Some people are. I know some people, and I'm not going to name names. They're not from around here. But they wouldn't move out of their house until they had a phone call from the prophet who would give them a word for that day. This is what God is saying to you today. And they wouldn't, that's being bound by it. And that's not what the Holy Spirit wants. But we must never treat prophecies with contempt. We must never take any of these spiritual things with contempt. We must never laugh or joke or mimic or put down the Holy Spirit and his gifts. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 20 and 21. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, test everything. And hold on to the good. I love that. Let me tell you about uh, another lady. She used to come to this church. I'm not going to mention names. She's gone to be with the Lord now. But every now and again, she'd come up with some prophecies. And she would write them down. Some of you might know who I'm talking about. And she would write them down. And she would hand them out to people. And I used to say, listen, before you hand these out, let me just have a read of them first. Because a lot of it was just gobbledygook. Honestly, I've got to be honest. So I used to read them. And she used to ring me up in the house. Pastor, I've got another word from the Lord for you, a, a prophecy. And i say, okay, i got to be careful not to say your name. Okay, go ahead. And I'd be, yeah, 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 listening, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was very careful to listen to everything she said. A lot of it I dismissed. But just like Paul said to the Thessalonians, hold on to the good. The one she was reading, she was saying this prophecy, and she gave me, me written down, oh, my word. Right in the middle of all the stuff, there was some gems. It was absolutely speaking to me. I knew it. I could easily have dismissed her, couldn't I? I could easily have said, oh, you do this every week. You give me these pieces of paper with all this. But there was, there was stuff in there. You see how God uses our personalities? and so We're not 100% perfect. We are flawed vessels. And sometimes around these gems, there are, there are bits of our personality that come out. But we've got to be careful not to treat prophecies with contempt, because in amongst all those little bits of personality, there's, there's gold, there's diamonds, there's gems. Test it. 1 John 4, test the spirits. Does it glorify Christ? Does it line up with Scripture? Does it produce liberty or bondage? Does it uplift If it does, if it lines up with Scripture, then take it. Say, okay, God, I'll take that. I'll wait for you to confirm all these things to me, or it may just be confirming something to you. But it's a supernatural utterance. It's a gift of the Holy Spirit to us, the church. This is why whenever we come together... I prefer people to come to the front, whoever's leading, one of the leaders, and just share something with them. Because we've, we've had a few oddball stuff spoken over the years, man. I've got to be honest. I told you about the one woman, have I? I told you this one. She came into the back of the church. Never seen her before in my life. And she said, are you the pastor? I said, yes. I bring a word from God for you today. I said, oh, who are you? She said, doesn't matter who I am. I've got something that I need to share with the church. I said, will you share it with me first, please, so I can test it? No. She said, I usually sing my prophecies out very loud. I said, oh, well, you won't be singing any prophecies out here today. I said, let me just have a look, see you test it first. (coughs) No, no, she said, I come from the... So I said, I don't know if you can remember this, Lawrence. I think you were in the worship team at the time. I pointed to the worship team, which was up on the front. I said, see them up there with the drums and the guitars and all that? Yes, she said. I said, if you get up and sing... I'm going to ask them to play and sing louder than you. I said, you're not coming in here unless I can test what you've brought. She could have been a witch for all I knew. Who was she? If she wasn't allowing me to test what she brought, it could have been a familiar spirit. Does it glorify God? Does it line up with Scripture? Does it bring liberty or bondage? Does it uplift? You see, the Holy Spirit is not the author of confusion or chaos. He's order, not confusion. And this is why Paul had to write to the, to the Corinthians, because this was so new to them at the time. They were shouting and prophesying and speaking in tongues over on top of each other. And he said, look, we need to have some sort of order here. There has to be some sort of order. 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 27. And a lot of people don't like this one, but it's true. The spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. Just keep, keep that prophecy till later, will you? No, I can't. I can't hold it in. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Because the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. If you've got a prophecy within you, I've known people say, I've had a prophecy within me for a week. I haven't given it yet. Well, when do you think you need to give it? I, I, I'll know the time. I'll know the time because it's subject to you. If God put something in it, you'll know the time to bring it. There are some weird prophecies down the years, and I've heard some people tell me some weird stuff. Listen to the couple of these, right? These are not good ones. These are, these are f- silly ones. The Lord would say, sounds good so far, doesn't it? Anyone who says the Lord would say, it's got to be good, doesn't it? The Lord would say, fear has come upon this land, such a fear that I... Even your Lord, I'm afraid. <laughs> no. Does that line up with Scripture? No, I don't think so. Test it? No. This is a good one. Someone said once it was Christmas time. And the Lord would say, here we go again. And the Lord would say unto thee, oh, he's using King James, so it's got to be real, isn't it? And the Lord would say unto thee, a Merry Christmas to all. <laughs> bit odd, bit odd. You see, we have to be very careful. We don't mess about with these gifts. We don't mess about. Because if we mess about, we're bordering on blasphemy. What about tongues, diverse tongues and interpretation? Tongues and interpretation. Interpretation can be treated the same way as, as prophecy. Now, when you hear someone give a tongue out loud, not your worship tongue, not your praying tongue, a specific tongue out loud, and then someone interpret, that interpretation is not a translation. It's the meaning of what is being said. The gift of tongues is a a supernatural utterance in an unknown language, unknown to the speaker. It's for edifying the church. It's a message to the church. Um, there is also the part of it which is our own prayer and worship language. But it dif- it's different to the actual message to the church. One is personal, one is a message for the church. One will have a, 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 an interpretation, the other one is for personal edification, for your spirit. But it's, and you can tell the difference because if I, if I wanted to speak in tongues right now and worship, I could. Because that would be as I will. Yeah? If it's a message in tongues to the church, it would be as the Spirit wills. Remember we said about as the Spirit wills. 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 2. The person who speaks in an unknown tongue utters mysteries with his spirit. You don't know what you're saying when you're speaking in tongues. Again, again, in the same chapter, 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 14. If I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. You know, that spirit language is not for our mind, it's for our spirit. It's to build us up. And I was talking this morning um, in Trinity on Malpas Road about our, our spirit being built up. And how the Holy Spirit builds up our spirit. This is one of the ways by speaking in tongues. Because that is our spirit absolutely uniting with the Holy Spirit. Do you know, if you knew what you were saying, if you speak in other tongues, if you knew what you were saying, you'd be saying, wow, did did I just say that? Did I just pray that? And your spirit would be going, oh yeah. I pray stuff, you haven't got a clue. We are praying mysteries. We are praying things that... We would would blow our mind. Romans 8 and verse 26. The Spirit helps us to pray. The Spirit helps in our weaknesses. We do not know what we ought to pray for. But the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. You know, our Spirit and the Holy Spirit mingle in together. We can pray things in tongues. We can pray things in the Spirit that will blow our minds if we knew what we were saying. I heard a story, and I checked it out yesterday. I checked this out yesterday. It's a great story. I'm going to have a swig a minute. I wanted to verify it. So I talked to someone yesterday who was actually there when this occurred. I said to this person, I've heard this story about you on a missions trip with other people. Did Did this happen? And he said, yes, I was there. A group of people from Newport, went to nepal and they were on a missions trip in nepal and they were very short on translators they needed some translators they only had i think it was one or two but they needed another one anyway they were in a meeting and the holy spirit fell in this meeting and and he said it was incredible and there was a young lady in the front and as she was worshiping doing the worship she was she was speaking fluent english perfect Worshipping and praising God in a a way which was fantastic. So one of the guys went up to her afterwards and said, oh, fantastic. They said, we've been looking for a translator. Could you please help us? And she just went, hmm? No answer. The pastor came up and said, can I help you? And he said, we're looking for a translator. Could this lady help us translate? And he said, she can't speak a word of English. He said, but we just heard her. Worshipping incredibly in perfect fluent English. And so he spoke to her and she said, she was speaking in tongues. She was worshipping in her spirit language. That happened. It's incredible. Why is it incredible? Because it's supernatural. It's spiritual. She didn't know what she was saying. But she was uttering fantastic mysteries before God. And her spirit was growing and being edified inside her. You see, our prayers sometimes are are flesh, and sometimes we ask amiss. But when we pray in the Spirit, that is pure. It's pure. Paul said again in 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 14, For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So what shall I say? What shall I do? I will pray with my spirit, but I'll also pray with my mind. I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with my mind. Yes, we can pray with our mind, and we, intelligent prayers, intercessory prayers, but there's also time when we pray in our spirit, when our spirit prays. You see, if it's a message to the church, it will always have uh, an interpretation. And Paul said in 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 his explanation. If there's no one there that usually interprets, then, then shut up and keep it for another time maybe. And this is the order in which Paul brought into it. They were very confused at the time, so he had to bring some order. There are also counterfeit tongues, because whatever God sets up, the enemy will set up a counterfeit. But you will know, those who are filled with the Holy Spirit, those who 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 are walking close to God, they will know, they'll say, there's something not right about that. There'll be no anointing for a start. They probably won't speak for very long. We must be very wary of strangers bringing a a, a tongue. And like I said earlier, wanting to bring something into our services, you will know there'll be something in your spirit which will not feel right. And of course, I'm talking to, to spiritual people now, aren't I? And I cannot keep emphasizing enough, we are talking on a spiritual level here. It's not just, oh, I don't like the look of her, or I don't like the look of him. It's something spiritual. It usually becomes, if it's in a, uh, a gathering like this, usually it becomes a, the leader's or the pastor's situation where they need to discern that. That's when discernment comes in. We haven't even got it yet. Tongues are a sign. 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 22. Tongues then are a sign not for believers but for unbelievers. It's for your own edification. There's a story which I haven't verified. I read this. I didn't know the person, so I've read this. But I I believe it to be true. There was a, a missionary back from India after many years feeling discouraged. She was in a church. And there happened to be a message in tongues in the church and someone was waiting to interpret the message. She stood up and she was sobbing. And she said, there's no need for anyone to interpret that. She said, because God is speaking to me in a very remote Indian dialect, telling me to go back. Wow. That's God. That's God. This is, this is the Holy Spirit we're talking about. And we, we don't fool around with the Holy Spirit. It brings me, it reminds me right now, I haven't got this written down, but it reminds me of when we were in the old church, when I brought that prophetic word to the church. And I, and I believe Sarah said, oh, we need to do that in Farsi for the Iranian people, remember? And who got up to speak? Who did I ask? Oh, he's up in London now. Who? No, not Ben. Oh, I forget his name now. He's working on the buses. Turaj, Turaj, Turaj. Remember Turaj? I asked Turaj to come up and interpret. And he said, I didn't quite catch what you said. So I said, oh, we'll, we'll sing another song. So we sang another song. And I spoke to Turaj and I said, this is what I want you to tell the congregation in Farsi. He said, I got it. Then he proceeded to say word for word exactly what I'd said. Now, after the meeting had finished, I wish he'd told me before, but after the meeting had finished, he said, you know when you talked to me on the, on the platform and told me what God was saying? I said, yeah. He said, you were speaking perfect Farsi. I said, no, I wasn't. I said, I only know one word, ham and cheese. <laughs> and that means everything, isn't it? Or everywhere, yeah? I said, I, I don't know Farsi. He said, I heard what you were saying. And this isn't obviously one of these gifts, but it's the Holy Spirit at work. The Holy Spirit wanted to speak. He heard what I said in Farsi, even though I was speaking in English. we talk in different spiritual levels here. And unless we get out of our little fleshy walk and start walking a spiritual walk, how are we going to get closer? How are we going to know? How are we going to see these things? Signs and wonders and miracles and tongues and interpretation and prophecies, let alone the, the power gifts of healing and miracles. We've got to start working and moving in these areas. There's a realm of the spiritual that we've not even tapped into. Never belittle these gifts. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit, Ephesians 4 and verse 30 says. So how how, do we, how are we used? How, how can I be used? You may say, well, I, I don't want to be used at the front of the church, but maybe you could be used in your family. Maybe you could be used in your little group that you meet with. Maybe you could say, well, Lord, just give me a word for that, that workmate of mine. I, I know I need to speak into their life. Just give me something. And maybe the Lord will drop a word of knowledge or, a, or drop a word of wisdom into you. And, the, and you'll speak it in conversation. And they'll say, how did you know that? And you'll go, God told me. It'll blow their mind. Because we are spiritual beings. Live in a temporary earthly existence. So how do we, we use? Build yourself up in the Holy Spirit. Get in tune with the Holy Spirit. Jude 20 says, build yourself up in the most holy faith. And pray in the Holy Spirit. Build yourself up. Fan into flame. Fan into flame. When you were born again, that Holy Spirit came into you. and you. I, I, I'm just, Lord, just, I want more. I want fan this flame. I want to be used of you. Read the scriptures. Pray. Worship. Get hungry. Get thirsty. Desire more. Are you satisfied? He has so much more for us. Make yourself available to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit sometimes moves in in congregations like this and he, he says, Who can I use? Who can speak? Who can I use? And do you remember when you were in school, and the teacher says, "I'd like someone to help me." What do the kids do? I'm talking about you know seven and eight year olds. They're all ooh, 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 ooh.
1: they all got their hands
0: in the air, haven't they? Do you know the Holy Spirit is like that sometimes? But do you know what? He doesn't see many hands. This is why we wonder. Why is this, Why is it so and so all the time? Why does he get up all the time? Why does she get up all the time? Why are they, why is it, why are they sharing all the time? I tell you why, it's because they're the only ones with their hands in the air. And sometimes the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit is looking, can I use you? Do you want to be used? I want to speak. I want to do something. I think sometimes more of us need to be putting our hands in the air. Saying, here I am, wholly available. Use me. Use me. You know, sometimes a little test is ask God to use you. And then if God drops something into your heart, I'm sure he'll drop it into someone else's heart. And then when that person gets up and shares something, you can say, I had that as well. And I tell you what, you'll go, oh, next time I'll actually, I'll share something. I'll give it. What's it like when you actually share something that God's dropped in your heart, eh? Those who've done that, you know, it's just, oh, thank you, God. It's just, it bubbles out of you because out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Do we desire it? Don't be afraid. Eagerly desire, the Bible says. Verse 31, and I'm going to end with this. I'm going to ask our worship team to come back up. We're just going to perhaps... I have some prayer, I have some worship, and then we're just going to see where we go. But verse 31 says, Eagerly desire the best gifts. What do you want to use me for today, Lord? It's not, Lord, use me in prophecy. What do you want? What if he says, Miracles? Whoa. Actually, I've got written down here. I read this somewhere, I'm not going to do it right now, maybe next week. How to raise someone from the dead. I've never done it. (laughs) But the guy who writing this, when I read it, I thought, because it has been done. But yeah, let's stick with prophecy and tongues at the moment and interpretation and these gifts. Do we desire the best gift? Do we desire more of the Holy Spirit? Do we desire to get closer? Because we are living a spiritual life. Okay, let's worship. I do feel that the Lord wants to speak to someone. Maybe one or two. You know, even in our our worship times now, if you want to begin to speak in tongues, just speak in tongues. Because the Holy Spirit is in you. Just open your mouth and let that living water flow out. Sometimes there's words in your mind and you think, ah, oh, that's, that's rubbish, that's just me. Speak them. And all of a sudden it's like opening a, a floodgate. I remember, I remember when I first spoke in tongues, my friend was speaking in tongues with me and we began worshiping together. I eventually stopped speaking in tongues. He didn't. He couldn't stop speaking in tongues all night. He couldn't speak English. It was fantastic. Don't get afraid of it. The Holy Spirit won't do that. He won't frighten you. He's a gentleman. He's gentle. He will empower you and lift you up. And you will feel, wow, literally walking on air. Your spirit will be uttering things that your mind cannot conceive. Let's worship him.
2: Church, I'm just going to share something. Sorry, that God's really laid on my heart um, during the week, um, but more so this morning. And uh, I just wanted to. We've been challenged this week as a leadership. Uh, Claire has has put a challenge out to us as a leadership on what we're reading, what we're studying, and to share it with with the leaders. And. uh, I started looking at Acts 2. Now, my head wasn't really in that it was Pentecost this weekend. I was not really thinking about that. But I was reading about the Holy Spirit. And when you read about how the Holy Spirit came on them in Acts 2, it didn't come quietly. It didn't just creep up on them. It says in Acts 2 that it came like a gale-force wind. And it says it came like wildfire. Now, we know what a fire can do. We've seen the power of a fire. Now, why did it come like that? Because the Holy Spirit is powerful. It's not just something that creeps up on you. The Holy Spirit is powerful. And with it comes power. What happened after that is that they went out, they performed miracles, and people saw stuff. So this stuff is powerful. The Holy Spirit is powerful. Now, I've been in a conference this weekend, and um, I heard just this little lady. Some of of our ladies came as well. Um, This little Indian lady. She lives in England, grew up in India. Tiny little woman. But boy, oh boy as she grasped the power of the Holy Spirit. She said to God, Okay, God, I'm here. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, but I want to see the miracles that you saw. And she's been to India several times. She was there two months ago, and she has seen the miracles that Jesus performed. Two months ago, she was in a meeting, and a lady fell on the floor... And passed out. A paramedic ran to her. And said we need a doctor. Because I can't find a pulse. The doctor came. They were ringing for an ambulance. And the doctor looked and he said. Don't call for the ambulance. Because this lady has gone. She walked down off that stage. And she said. No she's not. Because she said I've got the power of the Holy Spirit in me. And she prayed. And she spoke to death. And said be gone in the name of Jesus that woman took a deep breath woke up sat on the front front pew and praised God for the rest of that conference now that's 2019 that's not 2,000 years ago that's 2019 I have been challenged today and God has spoken to me before I came here and he said do you want to see that Karen and you know what I do and, he's, and I read something, and it said in this, just bear with me a second, because I've not got contacts in. I read this, and it said, there are three situations that the, the Christian church, three celebrations that we, we tend to celebrate, and that's Christmas, Easter, and Pentecost. And it said this, Christmas, Bethlehem means God with us, Easter Calvary means God for us. But Pentecost means God in us. Amen. Now, do you know what? I've been challenged that the power of the Holy Spirit is in every single person that's asked the Lord into their life. The miracles that happened in the Bible can happen today. I have seen this week stuff on on our city that has grieved my spirit. I've cried this week, so much so that I've been in contact with the police and Jade and we're getting together to prayer walk our city. When the national newspapers say that one of your streets in your city is the worst street in Britain, what are we going to do? Go, that's awful, let's pray about it. No, we get out and we do something about it. That's not happening on our watch. It's not happening in our city when we are sitting in here with the power of the Holy Spirit in us that we can get out and change that city. Now, today there are situations in this room and I know because God has told me he wants to heal people. He wants to set people free. There is financial situations that God wants to just go, do you know what? That is nothing in my name. So we're going to pray, we're going to sing, we're going to worship. But firstly, if you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that means that that comes alive within you. And that is the proof of that Holy Spirit in you being alive. When you can speak in another language that you have no idea, that's the power of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to worship. But I just want to challenge you right now that if there is anything in your life, if there is a situation that you think, do you know what? This situation is it, it's just, it's just not happening, God. But there is a, a thing to this. You have to believe that God can do it. There is, there is a, a, something on us as, as individuals where we have to believe and trust that God will break through. I believe... So we're going to worship and if you've got a situation in your life that you want us to pray for you, we're going to pray right here, right now, today.
1: This power that can break off every chain This power that can empty out the grace This resurrection power that can save power in your name.